0: But not only this, I think our mission to help e-commerce founders scale in every way that we can, which is still our mission today, and always will be how focused we are on that kind of e-commerce customer, it really resonated with Hawk at the time, but also resonates with any of the kind of partners that we talk to today. Welcome to SaaS Connect, the SaaS Partnership Podcast, brought to you by the Cloud Software Association. Thank you, as always, to our podcast producers, content allies. They help B2B companies like you launch revenue-generating podcasts. They'll schedule interviews, produce the podcast, and promote it. Check them out at contentallies.com. More importantly, thank you to Sunir and everyone at the CSA organization and all you guys here today for building such a great community. when I first entered the partnerships kind of ecosystem, I was researching online and trying to figure out how people operated and what works well within partnerships. And CSA was actually one of the first, and SAS Connect resources I came across these videos online that I found really useful in my kind of development and working through our partnerships. I hope that I can provide some value to you guys here today and anyone else who's listening in the future talking through my journey. Over the last two years, we've developed the partnership. Team at Wayflyer to actually really pivotal in some of our fundraising and as we scaled throughout the years, and I'll talk to that today. So, background on myself, I'm Patrick or Paddy Cleary, and I'm the director of US partnerships for Wayflyer. I studied mechanical engineering and did a master's in engineering and business in University College Dublin. I then moved to New York in 2016 uh, to work in finance as. That's really the best chance you're gonna get at getting a visa in this country as you kind of emigrate here. Thankfully, I found a job in a fund of funds, which I was able to work at for three years and got a lot of experience and gained some knowledge there. But also, more importantly, I got a green card at the start of 2019, and that then enabled me to focus on what I was really interested in in kind of the tech space, different startups, and really entrepreneurship. I was really interested in e-commerce. I started to look at what different companies I could maybe set up, I started a few Shopify sites, got a few different prototypes, and was trying to see what I could do. But what happened at the same time then, 2019, was a guy I knew from home, Jack, who turned out to be co-founder of Wayflyer, and was over in New York quite a lot, pitching this idea that he had to help finance e-commerce companies. And it made a lot of sense to me. We had a lot of good conversations, and that ended up with me handing in my notice and joining Wayflyer at the start of 2020 most of you are probably thinking to yourself is, what is Wayflyer? Wayflyer is a company that's focused on removing any barrier that a direct consumer e-commerce company faces as they try to scale their business. So what we launched with in 2020, and what is still our core product today, is a financing and data insights tool. As an e-commerce company, which I'll touch on in the next slide, the biggest challenge that you face is getting cash to invest into your inventory and marketing. So this is what we launched with. But really what we focus on today in 2022 and always have is finding and building new products, tools, and solutions to help our core customer base of direct-to-consumer e-commerce companies to remove any challenges that they face and try to help them to scale as quickly as possible. Um, I thought today it would be good to talk you through over the last two years and give you this illustration down along the bottom of where we were through each of these kind of pivotal points and how that impacted our kind of partnership cycle. So how did we start? We started the company by, as any company needs to start, is find product market fit. And that was solving the working capital problem that these e-commerce companies faced. Thankfully, this is a huge problem. So we were able to get traction quite early. We started with cold email outbounds, which worked surprisingly well. And um, if you're struggling to raise money as an e-commerce founder to reinvest into the product that you are backing, and then you get an email from some Irish guys in the basement saying we can give you that funding that you're looking for to invest into that marketing and your inventory. As long as that gets to your inbox, you'll actually might respond to it. as thankfully we we're able to find that product market fit pretty quickly. And if you see on this graph to the right, it illustrates the challenge that e-commerce companies of all sizes face. Whether they're starting out or they're a hundred million dollar business, this cycle doesn't change. So initially you have to pay 30% with a typical payment term for an e-commerce brand is they'll get 70, 30 terms with their manufacturer. So they'll have to pay 30% upfront as they make the order with their manufacturer. Then depending on the product and your manufacturer, you'll have to wait until that product is developed and built. And then when that is finished and ready to ship, you pay the remainder, the 70%. Then again, depending on where your manufacturer is, typically the large majority of online businesses source their products from China to wait for that product to then be shipped to wherever your warehouse is most likely in the u.s again depending on their product or manufacturer if there's a pandemic going on at the time those times change quite a lot as well and then once you get the product you have to convince people to buy your products all of this happens and all this investment that you put in to your business doesn't get any return until you convince that buyer to make that purchase and that's when you start to generate revenue and then hopefully you do generate the revenue hopefully you make a profit and then you start again and you start ordering more product and you go back into the cycle. So that was the main challenge that we were trying to solve. The better you can understand an e-commerce business and understand their potential, the more cash that you can get into their hand to invest at an earlier stage and just really increase that rate of acceleration that they have. So thanks to our background in data science, we were able to build a app as an e-commerce platform. You connect up your transactional data, your marketing data and your customer behavioral data which meant that we were able to build a really robust revenue forecast going forward into the next six, 12 months and get that cash into the e-commerce company's hands as early as possible to make sure they can grow as quickly as possible. So once we saw that, the product fit in the market, we built out the sales structure, CRM, the team and all that. And that's when, when I started to focus my energy on partnerships. I truly just believed in our product and that every e-commerce company needed to use us to scale as quickly as possible. Again, I had very naive kind of thoughts and was working off first principles, thinking that every partner that I was going to talk to was going to need this solution if they're working with an e-commerce company. Why wouldn't they? Thankfully, I did have a wise mentor and still do today. Our co-founder and CRO, Dan O'Brien, was the partnerships executive for years, steering me in the right direction. But really, what we did in those early days April 2020, about almost two years ago to the day, we wanted to learn as much about the partnership or about the e-commerce ecosystem. I started talking to whoever would talk to me, <laughs> to marketing agencies, to different service providers, to tech companies, to anyone that worked with an e-commerce company and would pitch them on things that we couldn't do because <laughs> we were only live for a couple of weeks or months. But I wanted to learn as much as I could about what they wanted from a partner and what uh, how we could deliver that to them. That then leads to our first big deal but also the bigger lessons that we learned from that deal as a financing provider for e-commerce companies what we're looking for partner is any partner that has as much reach as the right access to the right personas that we're looking for and this will speak to how naive i was at the time but we're still so we're in may 2020 we're a month in since we've launched the product live and we've landed our first deal At the time, I thought that took too long, which now in hindsight, I know that was very quick for to close a partnership deal. But then this partner was on paper at the time, how my thought process was working, was the ideal partner. They're an automated Google Ads platform, worked with over 20,000 e-commerce come across Europe. We thought that's fantastic, we're gonna get access to these 20,000 merchants and they have the right relationships because they're buying, they're purchasing, marketing through their platform. They wanted to work with us so we could provide financing to their customers to help them grow all their customers and spend more on their platform. So our go-to-market strategy was to we built a landing page that we then embedded into their platform. We sent some different marketing campaigns out and went out in different emails. That's when we came across our first major lesson. <laughs> we got many signups, but none of them really converted into deals. And that's where you would really need to understand your partner's customer profile, the relationship they have with their customer, and the engagement that they have because all the deals that we did come through, we realized that none of them were really big enough. The revenue was too small. They weren't the right customers that we were looking for, which if we had have really gotten down into the granular detail of the partner, we could have maybe identified that a bit earlier. Side note is some partners may actually exaggerate on their numbers, and was certainly a lesson we learned early on. Also, as, a, as an automated ads platform, we should have been able to notice that these e-commerce businesses weren't that invested in what they were doing. They weren't even looking at the ads they were creating themselves and weren't investing much time and effort in themselves. So that meant that they had really poor engagement, their customers. So all in all, that partnership didn't go too well. But we took the learnings and we moved on. And around the same time, we were actually talking to a partner in the marketing space, advertising agency in LA, Hawk Media, who one of the biggest brand names and probably one of the best e-commerce marketing firms out there. We started talking with them in May. Um, Ashley Scorpio is actually here today as their partnerships, one of the biggest rock stars I think I've seen in the partner ecosystem. We started talking to them again, May of 2020, early on, we're a month live, and they're big names in the space. We're really excited to even be talking to them. They have existing relationships with longer standing competitors, companies that have been doing what we were trying to do for years, but they were looking for this exact solution. They were looking how to get financing into their e-commerce merchants to help them Scale their business and they wanted to put it under their brand name. So they wanted to make a white label, which was actually ideal for us at the time as well because we're a month live. So one of the biggest challenges we had at the time was we didn't have a brand. Nobody knew who we were. Again, we're calling these companies from a basement in Ireland, telling them that we can solve the biggest pain point that they have, and they assumed that it was a scam, which I would have too. We wanted to leverage the brand name of a well established partner. So we really kind of spent as much resource as we could trying to get get the deal and we won it. I'll touch a bit more on how we won that in the next slide. Then switched our focus to how we could scale out this white label kind of partnership idea, build a scalable product that we could then use in the future with larger uh, companies that had bigger reaches and leverage their brand names. So that's exactly what we did, but it also meant that we came to our Next major lesson that go to market is everything. I think Ashley will agree with me that as we were we had our head down and well in many things at, at this stage in our life cycle as a company, we very busy in, in our first few months. But also then building a product from scratch meant that there was a lot of things internally that we had to get sorted to get to this timeline of September 2020. And also understanding the time that you're trying to launch a partnership and what the macro kind of environment is there. If you know anything about e-commerce, you know that September, October coming into Q4 is the busiest time for anyone in the space. So as we were coming to launch this white label partnership and the main thing you need to do when going to market with a partnership is talking to all the relevant teams, giving them the lessons they need, giving them the materials they need, getting them all up to speed. So we needed to talk to the sales team. We needed to talk to the customer success team. We needed to talk to Ashley and her team and the partnership team and get them all up to speed. As we were trying to focus on getting this live and as I'm sure Hawk were busy preparing going through the busiest time in their year at the time because it's COVID and anyone everyone's shifting to purchasing online meant that some of our lunch and learns only happened a week before launch it meant that some of the teams within Hawk only heard about what Hawk Capital was a week before they were launching it and inevitably that meant that the launch wasn't as successful as we would have liked to go but that kind of adds to the strength of building a white meant that we weren't reliant on the launch because Hawk had invested their time into building something under their own brand and we'd invested our kind of product resources and everything that we've stuck through it and we're still partners today and i have given out millions of dollars to e-commerce companies through this very partnership. Now, back to how could we win that um, partnership again? Hawk had existing relationships with partners that have been around and are much bigger than us for years before us. And it really comes down to the world-class team that we have. Aiden, our CEO and, and co-founder, this is his third data analytics company, a proven track record in building and scaling teams and achieving the tasks and executing very well. Coupled up with Jack, our other co-founder, who comes from a finance and venture capital background, meant that he really had the big ideas to, to go with, with Aiden's kind of execution and build the best product possible. That I meant once we got into the conversations with these partners and could show them this executive team, they could talk to everyone else, our head of engineering, our head of data science, whoever they talked to, and that we went through the back end and the product, it meant that it made my job very easy in uh, winning that partnership. So it meant that not only it might look ridiculous that it was only a few months since we launched, but we actually had years of intellectual property. So again, Aiden's third, thanks to it being his third data analytics company. And his last company was actually where we took all the IP from. It's where we took a lot of the team and talent from and meant that we had the best models in the space for understanding e-commerce companies and everything we do was based off how we understand those companies. So again, getting in front of the partner teams, showing them um, those models about how we treat our customers and how we provide value to them was really what helped us win those deals. After that, as well, we were very flexible in how we wanted a partner, or how we want partners to tell us what they need and build the solution that they want. So, Hawk were giving us all these different specifications about how they wanted to go to market with it, what they wanted to look like. And we had the skills to be able to build anything from scratch. Certainly helped us along the way as well. But not only this, I think our mission to help e commerce founders scale in every way that we can, which is still our mission today and always will be, how focused we are on that kind of e commerce. Customer it really resonated with Hawk at the time, but also resonates with any of the kind of partners that we talked to today. And um, the fact that we're everything that we do is focused on helping our founders overcome any challenges that they face and scale their businesses typically means that we're going to be able to help their customers do better in whatever service they're providing them for and will mean more revenue for our partners. Now, challenges that we face then and now probably don't need to spend too much time on this slide because from the different talks that I've gone through over the last two days these are similar challenges that everyone trade the partnerships ecosystem face which is certainly refreshing for me to hear it's not just my team that runs into these challenges but uh, certainly prioritizing resources so let's just stay on the hawk capital white label this is in the first few months of launching the product and then we're turning to the engineering and product team saying that we need you to stop working what you're working on and build this white label for a partner that we haven't proven it. That was certainly a challenge, <laughs> but we overcame it and more, but we still face similar challenges like that today and the next one scaling teams and really proving the value to scale those teams is something that we face. I think all partnerships teams face on a weekly and monthly basis is why do we need to invest more in this partnership or in this partnerships team and how do we prove that value? Then lastly, I'm just working, with all the different partners that we have. Sometimes, especially, we work with partners of all different industries and sizes, and just getting the different cooperation that you need can be a challenge along the way. So that brings us then to May of 2021. So just over a year since we launched, was really our marquee kind of partnership that we signed. And I look at it as our stamp of approval in the roadmap of where we are today, where we landed this wide-label partnership with Adobe. Adobe were looking for a partner to provide financing to all of their Magento customers, their Adobe Commerce customers now today, which sadly I can't take too much credit for as this deal deal came in through an inbound LinkedIn message towards the end of 2020. But again, speaks volumes to the strength of our team. What we learned after the fact was the reason for the LinkedIn message was Adobe were actually talking to JP Morgan. We were talking to JP Morgan in another respect as Adobe were scoping out someone to, to be this partner and provide financing to all their merchants. Chief Morgan suggested, well, have you talked to Wayflower yet? They're very impressed with what they're doing, which meant I got a LinkedIn message. So did, uh, so did Jack and Dan are co-founders and we responded happily to look at the opportunity of serving 350,000 merchants that, that they had on their platform. And then from there, it really is out of my hands, where when you're dealing with someone like Adobe, they start talking to the heads of each of our teams, looking at our back end, looking at our models, looking at how we work with teams, what our approval rates are, how we're adding value. So I can't take too much credit, but it really spoke to, or really resonated with us, how big of an opportunity that we had in front of us and what the size of, or how much of a challenge it was for the whole e-commerce industry, and the, one of the biggest tech companies in the world, like Adobe, were looking to solve that and couldn't solve it themselves. Now, this is where uh, timing really is everything, I think, in a lot of what we do. Thankfully, we were looking to do a Series A around the same time as we secured the deal with Adobe, uh, that stamp of approval again. So we were able to go back to our investors who are already interested in the kind of opportunity of providing financing to these e-commerce companies, and there's many different players, but we can speak to how Adobe just gone through an 18-month process. Companies like Adobe don't, don't move very quickly. They went through an 18-month process of valuing the market and choosing which solution was the best. We were able to go back and say they've chosen to go at us. And that led us to raise well, a substantial um, amount of money for us at the time, certainly as an Irish tech company, to raise 76 million in equity for a Series A within so just over a year from launch. Have really helped us to double down on everything that we were doing. That helped us to build out the track record to go to more partners, to pitch the different ways that we could work with each of our partners, to build more white labels. Cezle, for example. Cezle is a Buy Now Pay Later company that has, I'd say, 70 or 80,000 different direct consumer merchants that they work with. They use them on their website to provide Buy Now Pay Later to their consumers. I was actually talking to them, say, over a year before closing the deal. And thanks to the track record, we then Got from building it for Adobe and raising our Series A meant that they were willing to work with us then. And we just had to focus on the go to market. So, how could we go to market again with someone like Binet Pay Layer Company? Well, when they have a merchant dashboard that their merchants are interacting with, similar to the idea that we had with the first company I mentioned, the Google Ads platform, but much higher engagement. The reason for the higher engagement, and this is where we learned from our lesson of understanding. Understand the, the dynamics of the partner that you're looking to work with So if you're a merchant working with Sezzle consumers are purchasing products through Sezzle So you have to go into the merchant dashboard and um, to see the sales that have happened So on a daily basis these brand owners are so the right personas that we want to get in front of as well Whoever is making the decision to take money from someone like Wayflyer is typically going to be the brand owner or the CFO or finance team They're the exact persona that are logging in to their says merchant dashboard to see how many sales they've had to their buy and pay later service. So we then built Cesacapital.com, designed it for them, and came up with the go-to-market strategy to embed it within their merchant dashboard, where, again, the right personas are in there every day, logging in, and they'll be brought to Cezal Capital through the, through the homepage as they log in, and that's when they apply straight into our flow. As you can see here, the same flow that they would if they came onto the Wayflyer page, it's just branded differently. This then allowed us to scale up our partnerships team. Thankfully, we now have a global uh, head of partnerships based out of Dublin who manages the full team. I focus out of the US and have a team focus on each different channel that we have there. So that brings us to today, what we've achieved over the last two years. So now, fast forward after even the Series A, which I think is what here, really wanted me to talk about today, but we've now gone out and raised almost double that in our Series B. And as you can see, our profile here—we work with thousands of—we've funded thousands of merchants. We have offices across the world, and we've actually given out—we consistently give out over 150 million dollars on a monthly basis. And I've over 500 employees, which is the craziest stat there for me. But also, if you see the key backers here, and these are some of the most well-respected VC funds in the fintech space, and J.P. Morgan, of course, also came in on our Series B. Not only do they invest equity wise, but they also now give us our debt So they give us a warehouse line, which means we have the lowest cost of capital That you can find from one of the largest companies in the world Which means that's our competitive advantage now any other funding provider that we have does not have access to any of the tier one banks And can't get access to capital at the same rate that we have so that means What do we do as a partnerships team now? What is the focus since we've grown, since we've learned the lessons um, throughout the last two years? Thankfully that we've been able to get more resources and a headcount in our team. We now focus, we have dedicated dedicated managers in each channel that we focus on. Strategic is what I focus on in the US. um, And then manage the team, our referral partnerships and co-marketing partnerships. And then we break it down into each geo, which (laughs) I think everyone here can agree it's a pleasure to be able to finally have the resource to not have to prioritize and pick and choose what, which partnership to work on, but actually work on each different channel. But thank you, that's my story for today, and I hope that you are able to find some value from it. I'm happy to take any questions. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Friday. Questions? Hey, Patty. thank you so much for sharing that journey. Incredible journey it is, for sure. As you expanded your partnership team dramatically over the course of the last couple of years, obviously, Wayflyer has a global footprint. Are the people on your team globally located or are they based in North America? And then follow-up question to that is, if they are globally located, what are some of the nuances in managing a global partnership team that you've seen that's critically important to their success? Uh, Yeah, of course. We had there. Each geo has their dedicated um, partnership team. So our core office in Dublin um, has our global head of partnerships, which looks over the whole um, kind of partnerships org chart. Manages. Then we have an EU head director. So I'm the US director, looks over the US strategic partnerships, everything that happens in North America, referral and co-marketing. And then same, we have an EU director who looks over everything in Europe. And then we actually are trying to hire a day in Australia at the moment if no any good partnerships managers in Australia. And um, so we just have director of sales who kind of takes all that and then passes it back to us. Difficult to work those Australian hours. We used to do that at the start, but I'm trying to get more sleep these days. Any other questions? I have one for you. So today, do you offer credit for primarily for resellers only, for e-commerce agents only in US or global? So Say that again, sir? Today you offer your services only for merchants in U.S. or global? Uh, Globally. um, U.S., Canada, most countries across uh, Europe, and then Australia, New Zealand. So with respect to partnerships, how did you prioritize which partners to do and which regions to penetrate faster? So how, how did that come about? Was it dependent on the ecosystem that you penetrated first or was it based on GDP or how did you prioritize which markets to go after? Yeah, well, certainly myself was focusing on the U.S. to start, but also really most of the large tech partners and that we're looking for had a global presence and anyone that we could find. So the main thing that we're looking for was, again, from our learnings, who had the right relationships, who had the underlying customers that was the either founder or the finance team and what were those partners working in? So typically a lot of the companies like the buy now pay later kind of sector or Anything payments-wise was what we went after. And then to be honest, anyone who would answer my cold emails or my LinkedIn messages in e- that fit that, I really was looking at hundreds of companies and taking anything from the start and then anything that sticked from there you like this and want more great insights on software partnerships you've got to rate like and subscribe and join us at the cloudsoftwareassociation.com thank you as always to our podcast producers content allies they help b2b companies like you launch revenue generating podcasts they'll schedule interviews produce the podcast and promote it check them out at contentallies.com we'll see you on the next episode